morning. Kia tato. Welcome again those who have come from Pirongia, our family, the bishop, Danny, Sina and Tavera and all our guests. Welcome Lisa, Peter and Caleb as well. Good to see you. Always, always good to see you. I know Jeff has prayed. Let's pray. I will pray. We thank you, Father. What a privilege to always stand before you and before your people, people that you have died for, people that Jesus loved so much that he came to die for each one. Thank you that you know us by name, each one of us. You can see our hearts, each one. We thank you for the eyes of Jesus, eyes of fire, eyes that we cannot hide from, the eyes of Jesus that bring deliverance, the eyes of Jesus that bring healing, the eyes of Jesus that calm the storm, the eyes of Jesus that breaks every lies and hypocrisy, the eyes of Jesus that brings comfort to those who are mourning. We thank you, Father. We lift you up this morning through your word, and I pray that somehow you will use this clay to bring forth what you want to communicate. We welcome the spirit of truth. We bow our hearts before you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I'm going to speak on faith. That was not my first choice. I wanted to speak on something more um, lovely, which is fellowship. I was going to speak on the power of fellowship. But the Spirit of God said, no, you're going to speak on faith. Faith has been so trashed in the kingdom of Christianity, Christendom, that sometimes we get put off. Okay, sometimes the word faith brings thoughts of condemnation, <coughs> especially for people who are introverted and have grown up in, in churches, because faith to a lot of us means loud, means bravado, well, not really. Jeff and Des sang a song this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. We love that scripture. We quote that scripture. I always quote that scripture when I feel very insecure <coughs> or when I'm lacking, especially money. Hey. <coughs> the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack anything. Love that. But the thing is, the Lord is only our shepherd when we obey him. We can say that a thousand times. But if the Lord is our shepherd, and yet we have the habit of defying his word, doing the opposite 
what he has asked us to do, the Lord is not our shepherd. Then we often wonder why our prayers are not heard. Because the Lord is not our shepherd. We often make ourselves our own shepherd. We make other people our shepherds. Yes, the Lord appoint pastors, elders, leaders, prophets, evangelists, teachers. But the ultimate shepherd, the king shepherd, is the Lord. Amen? <clears throat> so, let's open Hebrew chapter 11. Most of you are so familiar also with this. This is called the Hall of Faith. Hebrew chapter 11. I have a new Bible, so getting used to it. Someone stole my Bible, old Bible. Bless that person. Must be desperate. Eh? That's okay. Let's read it. I'm going to read the whole, the whole chapter. Well, until verse maybe 27. <clears throat> now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith, our ancestors received approval. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain's. Through this, he received approval as righteous. God himself giving approval to his gifts. He died, Abel died, but through his faith, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken so that he did not experience death. And he was not found because God had taken him, meaning he never tasted death. And without faith, it is, sorry, I missed one verse. For it was attested before he was taken away that he had pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would approach him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, warned by God about events at, as yet unseen, respected the warning and built an ark to save his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir to the righteousness that is in accordance with faith. Amazing. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Jump to... Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when put to the test, offered up Isaac. He who had received the promises was ready to over offer up his son, his only son. 
of whom he had been told, it is through Isaac that descendants shall be named for you. I hope you're paying attention. Abraham was asked to offer Isaac, through whom the promise of God, that through Isaac, Abraham's descendants shall be named for him. He considered the fact that God is able even to raise someone from the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked blessing for the future on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave instructions about his burial. Verse 23, by faith Moses was hidden by his parents for three months after his birth because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to share ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered abuse suffered for the Messiah to be greater wealth than the treasure of Egypt. He was looking ahead to the reward. That time, Moses already understood that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, was coming. That's amazing. That's a few thousand years before Jesus came to earth. But my hope is, by reading this scripture, that I will not have to explain a lot of things because when we read the scripture with attentiveness and understanding, that's the explanation there that we can get from. Every one of them obeyed the incredulous instructions. Why is it incredulous? Because they were impossible. They were like jokes in the eyes of men. To build an ark when they, were never, they never had rain? They never had rain till then. For Abraham to get up and go to a land he knew not, it's a joke. Okay? So, that's the scripture. The word of God is living. You know, both believers and non-believers understand that the world we live in is looking more and more precarious. We cannot deceive ourselves. Just because lockdown has finished, we are not going back to the world we knew then. Things have changed. The spiritual realm is very active. You think after the pandemic, well, it's coming down, and a lot of nations still suffer, <coughs> suddenly there is riots everywhere, anarchy in the name of compassion. You know, black lives matter. I support that. Black lives matter. But at the moment, it's being piggybacked. We have to separate 
by the Spirit of the Lord what is right and what is not right. Do not get swept. Just because we are on social media doesn't mean that we should be swept by that, okay? So in this time, more than any other time, faith should be in the forefront of each of our walk. Faith should be in the forefront. Some of you think, yes, of course, I'm a believer. Faith is important. Not really. A lot of people are priding themselves of being cynics. People who are cynical, even about God and the Bible. Others have been so disappointed in, even in their walk. Hurt. That faith is like about to die. The walk of faith is a process. We know that. It's not much different from the process of growing plants or growing muscles. Some of you really relate to that, eh? Yeah? If you have not used your muscles, you know, when Robin was in hospital for seven weeks, he did not walk, he couldn't. When he came out of hospital, that was hard for him just to walk to the bathroom. Faith is like muscle, a muscle. The more you use it, the more it is being challenged, the stronger it gets, the healthier it gets. The same with faith. We moan about challenges. We moan about hard times. But the thing is, there is a specific reason by the living God who is incredible, the most incredible mathematician in the world. Why he lets us be challenged. Because he wants our faith to grow, to be strong. You know, my friend Karen Bishop used to say to me, are you growing babies or are you growing warriors? I said, <laughs> Meaning, are you growing people that can actually keep standing? When false accusations come flying at you. The walk of faith. It has been said that the kingdom of God is an upside down kingdom. Yeah. Jesus taught us to pray for those who made themselves enemies to us. That's upside down. He taught us that we... That if someone wants to sue us and take our shirt, we are to rent a lawyer. No. Hand over our coat as well. That's a hard teaching. I still find it hard. If someone want to take my shirt and want to take my coat as well, you know, we don't pretend, right? Most of us are not quite there yet. Oh, take my coat as well. In this upside-down kingdom, faith is the main gate in approaching God because it says it is impossible to please God without faith. 
We cannot try to please God with our emotions. You know, a lot of crying is good. The Lord loves our emotion. He created our emotions. Cleverness. The Lord created our mind. But they are not the gate to approach God. Faith is. Faith is. The walk of faith is also a walk to get to know the Lord. His written word, His voice, we have to get to know His voice. It's a learning, it's a serious learning. Very serious learning. You know, a lot of times Christians go, God told me, God told me, God. A lot of times He did not. It's a humble walk. We should take the stance of Jewish people. They do not dare to use the name of God dilly-dally. We do sometimes. We do sometimes. Bring back the reference to the name of God. Um, what else? Hmm. In the walk of faith... We mistaken our desires as his desire. God doesn't mind that. It's learning. We learn gradually what his will is. We learn the difference between his will and my will, our will. Not the same. We learn to differentiate between our desires that are pleasing to God, because there are desires that are pleasing to God, and desires that is detestable to the Lord. Often we get so, so disappointed because we think God does not keep his promise. I do that. That's human. Yeah, that's human. But as a matter of fact, most of the times, because we have misinterpreted our own desire as promise of God. That's what I call a serious lesson in walking with Jesus. Whatever the reason of why something we have prayed for does not eventuate, one truth is certain. God does not lie. God does not lie. The other night, Rosella was leading the intercession. I think it was. And, you know, just because you're leading something, you don't have to... To make out like you inv invincible. And the thing is, she was in deep distress about some things. That. But the thing that she did was, I choose to believe that God does not lie. That's a true walk of faith. We are not waterproof. That's what I love about Rosella. Honesty is treasured by God. We should know that. Eh? Honesty is loved by God. He looks for it. Right. Until we grasp hold of that truth that God does not lie, we keep making him a liar.
It took me sometimes when I was about 17, 18, 19, 20 to believe that when I asked Jesus into my heart, I am saved, that I was saved. It took me a few years to, to really have the assurance. That was the beginning of my adult walk with God. But the same walk continued. It took me a few years, but God didn't mind that. I just kept saying, Lord, I can't believe it. I can't feel it. Okay? Can't feel it. But he says, if you believe in Jesus, you become a child of God. The thing is, do not keep trying to resolve that in our mind. Round and round and round, we will never get anywhere. We are not that clued up. So how? Keep running to God. Keep running to God about it. Even when I'm speaking now, some of you just shut off. Why? Because too simple. You want something complicated. There is, wow, there is no other explanation. Run to Jesus. The Bible says in James 1 verse 5, if you lack wisdom, Ask God. Very simple. Our clever mind will not be able to give us assurance about anything that God has promised. Only God can. So, next one, faith and reason. Hmm. Faith is not the enemy of reason. Faith is not the opposite of reason. Faith works with reason or with our mind. Okay. I quote Rab Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel. That's a mouthful. This is what he says. I like that. Without reason, faith becomes blind. Without reason, we would not know how to apply revelations from God to the concrete living on earth. Meaning, without reason, we cannot apply any truth God has given us to our daily life. The rejection of reason is cowardice. Hmm. Without the ability to reason, our faith is just pie in the sky. You know, we like to talk. Oh, God is good. Oh, God is... God doesn't lie, but it just talk a lot of time. Because the Lord likes us to use our reason. Reason is one of the most precious gifts beside free will that God has given human being. He likes us to ask questions. Some questions, some answers to the questions we don't like. When I first came to the Lord, I wanted to understand first. I want to understand why the man, how the man that was hanging on the cross could save me. I was 16. See, your kids will be thinking a lot of things like that. Don't say, because I said. 
That's not good. Let them reason. Especially kids being brought up in the church. We expect so much from them. Thank God my dad didn't do that. Our question, I said, what is that got to do? What is that man Jesus got to do with me being saved? I was always looking for the absolute truth. That's just the way I was. And one day my dad just looked at me. You think you are so clever and such a rational person. At this moment, he said, you are the most irrational. I was shocked. I'm thinking, what? He said, because there are things that is beyond reason. And God is one of those. The cross of Jesus is one of those. The Holy Spirit works with our mind, our reason. So don't despise your mind. Don't despise your ability to reason in your walk with God. But do not make it something that you're proud of. When I first came to New Zealand, you know, I started visiting amazing big churches. And then I found out, to my dismay, that most of them have been taught that the mind is inferior to faith. That the mind, that we will not need to have our mind. We will not need to use our mind. I can't believe it. I'm not exaggerating. That was the time when the movement of the Holy Spirit was so at the peak. I was going like, what a shame. Because the Bible says we are transformed by the renewing of our emotion. No, mine. <laughs> Just testing you. <laughs> mine. Treasure your mind in the, in the walk of faith. Treasure your mind. Encourage your children to go to university if they want to. Or do something else that, you know, enable them to use their minds. Encourage them to be plumbers because it takes brilliant mind to be a plumber. The mind is the seat of reason. If you want to know that scripture is Romans 12 verse 2, do not conform to this world. You can open there. Young people, have a look. Do not conform to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There you go. The mind has an important role in our walk of faith. We conform with the world, with our mind. Watch it. Watch it. We conform with the world, with our mind. There are people out there that are engineering the whole anarchy rioting out there. They are piggybacking a very good cause. Why? They know the secret to influence human, humanity 
to influence the mass, the tens of thousands of people, how? Their mind, brainwashing. Do not cast away your mind, especially in this day and age. We are entering into a very dark times. Time, times, that's right, times ahead of us. Watch your mind, young people. I'm not dismissing the older people, but my hope is the older people have learned to stand strong with their mind. Watch your mind. Do not be gullible. Surrender our mind to the Lord. Let our mind be used by the Holy Spirit. Let your mind be renewed by reading the Word of God, by practicing the Word of God. See, because the mind, we need the mind to live on earth. We need both the mind and faith. Heaven and earth work together. Faith and reason work together. Faith does not deny the existence on earth. If your faith causes you to deny your existence on earth or your earthy needs, that's a delusion. Okay? For example, having faith for healing. Don't feel guilty to go to the doctor. Doesn't mean you do not trust God. The Lord uses the medical world as his tool to bring healing. There are people that can, can do it without the doctors. My grandma was one of them. Got healed of enlarged hearts. She never went to the doctor. Very exceptional woman. But it's not a rule for everyone. My faith often, if I have antibiotic, the Lord will use that to bring healing to me. Okay? From infection. So, you are thinking, why you talk about it? I know anyway. I will talk about it anyway. The next one is faith and doubt. Many 21st century Christians pride themselves in their ability to doubt God. That's the arrogance of, of the intellect. I had it. They pride themselves that they are cynical most of the times about the Bible and about God and His promises. This is a pompous attitude. Arrogant in its very nature, and as my father said, the most irrational way of approaching God. Yes, it is human to doubt. It is very human to doubt. The Lord knows and understands our humanness and our tendency to doubt Him. He's not shocked by it. He's not angry that we do that. But there is a different posture of doubting that is pleasing to God. There's a different posture of doubting that is okay with God. Mark 9, verse 14 to 27. There was the story of 
Let's just have a look quickly. Mark chapter 9, verse 14 to 27. Mark chapter 9. This is about the healing of a boy with a spirit with evil spirits. When they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, they were immediately overcome with awe. They ran toward, forward to, to greet him, Jesus. Jesus asked them, what are you arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. And whenever it seizes him, it clashes, it dashes him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do so. He answered them, you faithless generation, how much longer must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought <coughs> the boy to him. When the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Oh, my goodness. But if you are able to do anything, Lord, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you are able... All things can be done for the one who believes or the one who has faith. I love this. Immediately, the father of the child cried out. He's honest. He said, I believe, help my unbelief. He didn't say, oh, amen, I believe. See, that's why I said the Lord loves honesty. Because honesty is humility. To say, Lord, help me. I can't believe. Help my unbelief. That's my favorite prayer. That's one of my favorite prayer. Because in the walk with God, he would ask me a lot of things that is completely beyond me. And I don't say, oh, yes, right, oh, I'll do it. Most of the times I go, really? I believe, help my unbelief. It's showing desire that you know that God is always right. But something in you is so human that you can't quite reach up to that. God doesn't mind. Just say, I can't believe, Father, help me. And that's not how pretty I pray. I pray. Must be Jeff's. Yeah, that's the kind of doubting that the Lord is pleased about. Next one, faith with awe and humility. 
really faith is trust that can only be applied to God. I can't, you know, I can trust people, right? I can trust some people. I trust some of my family. But I can't say I have faith in them. Is that right? Faith is only for God. The kind of trusting that goes beyond my understanding, beyond my intelligent ability to understand. <clears throat> when we trust somebody, we trust their character, we trust their promises, we trust their actions, we trust their intentions, especially their intentions. When I was little and there was no PC, politically political correctness, we, guess we got smacked when we were naughty. See, because I knew my mom loves me, I trust her intention. The same with God. Trust his intention. We trust his character. That's what faith is. You know, just like flying to Indonesia every time. I have to trust that the pilot is skillful enough to take me there safely. I have to trust that when he speaks through the intercom and says there is horrible turbulence, but it's okay. We will be okay. We'll come through this. I trust him. Well, yeah. <laughs> Try to find where the mask for oxygen. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Otherwise, I would never hop on the plane. Trust. The moment I gave the control of my life to Jesus, at the age of 17, I was declaring that I had made the decision that I, cannot, I could not run my life anymore. That I was convinced that I, can, I could trust God to run it for me. I was declaring that I could trust Jesus' character, his decisions for my life, his promises, his correction, his words, his actions, and his intentions, the whole lot. We cannot just love his encouragement. We need to love his discipline. We need to love his corrections. Otherwise, if he cannot correct us, what does the Bible say about it? There we are. There's another word, but I won't use it. Illegitimate. Meaning you're not quite, you're not quite my child. Embrace that. Embrace his corrections and often through people. And often through people who are not Christians. When I was at university, I was 19. And you know, oh, this Muslim teacher was incredible, noble man. I, I grew up in Muslim country. Been through two wars. One day he just looked at me. He looked at me, he said to me, I just came to the Lord then. He, he looked at me, he said, probably you're so intelligent. But the problem with you is you got big ego. You are arrogant. That moment I knew it was the Lord speaking through him. Bring it on. 
bring it on, Lord. The Lord had to humiliate my intelligence to get to my heart. If you get offended a lot, it could be the, the Lord trying to get to your heart, trying to make you legitimate child of his. Robin has a, has a saying, when you have a goat to blah, 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 I always try to remember that. It's quite a good saying, but I can never get it. How does it go again, hun? <laughs> if somebody gets on your goat, you got a goat to get. What's that goat go got to do with it? Never mind. <laughs> okay, almost finished. How's everybody doing? Okay? I won't be long. Just remember Hebrew 11 verse 6. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And that's not just for when you come to the Lord at the beginning. This applies throughout. Because we are humans. We are humans. Throughout our walk, we will have time of doubts. Do you really exist, God? You holy ones might not have that, but I do. I remember this. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That's why that prayer is my favorite, one of my favorites. Hmm. Humility. Faith and humility are related. It is so impossible to have faith if you are arrogant. It is impossible. Like at the beginning, I argued with the Lord this. Because I had problem with stories like Jonah, stories of Red Sea. I had problems with those. I said, Lord, I could believe the New Testament... I couldn't believe some stories from the Old Testament. He was silent for a long time. I kept asking, I kept asking. And this is what he said. If you believe, you will understand. Believe first, then understanding will come. That's still the same now. Believe first. What's the matter, Raphael? Believe first, and understanding will come. Took me a whole year to bow down to that. Because understanding was so important to me. See how God had to humble me? He does that with all of you, each one of you. Things that you are so proud about, He will humble you so you can become totally His. It's his love. He loved me too much to let me go on the walk with him with such arrogance in my mind. So faith and humility work, works, no, work together. The next one is the sense of awe. 
Do you know the Proverbs 1 verse 8? I've talked about this. The beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord, in other words, in Hebrew word, it's actually the awe of God. The awe of God is the beginning of wisdom. You know, we become in awe when something is beyond explanation. We become in awe when I become in awe when I hear a little child singing classic like a 40-year-old. Just like, wow. We become in awe. There's no logical explanation. That's how we approach God because He's beyond our reasoning. He's beyond our ability to analyze Him. I think tribal people, non-Western people are good at that. My people the same. We are in awe of God quickly. I was an exception. My sisters, they had no difficulty like I did or do with my faith. They just followed Jesus with amazing faith. Because they are in awe of God. I always pray that the Lord will increase my awe of Him. Awe and humility work with faith. Faith is born by a sense of awe of God. Faith that is arrogant is really not faith. Faith bows to the Lord and his instructions. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack anything. The, the next one, second to last. Faith is made for wartime. The walk with Jesus really is war. War with the enemy. War with ourselves. War with the world. It is for such a dark time as this that faith has been given to us. Conquerors are made in battles or in war. Conquerors are made in battle, not in times of peace. Jesus says, have faith in God. Let's have a look, 1 John 4, verse 4. 1 John 4, verse 4. That's near the book of Revelation. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. I always paraphrase it and go, you, dear children are from God and have overcome them. You, Froley, are from God and have overcome them. Who are them? The devil and his army. Amazing. You are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you 
is greater than the one who is in the world. Faith is made for wartime. But the thing is, we can say we overcome a thousand times. When the Lord says, you have overcome them, meaning every challenge and attack that are coming towards you is guaranteed that you, over, you will overcome because Jesus has overcome them. That's what it means. So when something attack, a false accusation comes to you. Remember, Jesus has guaranteed that you will overcome that. That's why reason is used by God. We will think, well, Jesus has told me that I, will over I am an overcomer. And so anything that comes towards me and attack me, I will overcome. Because he has overcome that on the cross. Who's not sure about that? I believe, help my unbelief. I had miscarriage after miscarriage. The doctor said to me that I will never carry boys. But see, the doctor didn't know I had inside information. When I was 16, 17, 18, 19, the Lord kept giving me prophetic dream after prophetic dream, even before I really gave my heart to God. That's why I always teach young people. Dreams, God uses dreams. Dream after dream that I had four boys, but mostly two boys. I got quite confused. I lost two boys. Then I had two boys born to me and raw. When the doctor said that, I just looked at the doctor. I thought, well, that's what you said. He said, but I know Jesus. I will have boys. You know, inside me, I was so shaken. You just lost another baby. And the doctor said that. You know, sometimes, uh, never mind. They need to train doctors better. Um, I went home. We were pastoring already. I stood in front of the house and I just scream. I just shout. I couldn't wait until I, I, I get inside. I said, no, in Jesus' name. My God doesn't lie. He didn't. But I had to go through losses. That's part of the challenge that the Lord allowed to come to me. And I was a pastor's wife. I had to run baby showers for every woman that got pregnant. What a challenge to self-pity. But I knew God enough 
I was all alone, no family here, except Rob. I had nobody. Southside is an incredible place for me. You are my family. At that time, I was so young, nobody there. Most of you know my, my story, but I'd like to say that again because it's um, testimony that God does not lie. And during that time, he allowed me to be face to face with an arch evil spirit. Why? I was losing the baby, bleeding, and this thing came into the room. I'm only telling this because I usually don't tell this story, only to very few people that I trust. But maybe this is for some, some of you, or one of you. That thing came into the room. My people are seeing people. And we should not push it aside. The Lord makes us spiritual as well as physical. But we must walk with Jesus to be taught about spiritual realm. Robin was at the office quite far away from where I was. I couldn't run. I couldn't get him. And I rebuked that thing. It didn't budge. And the smell of corpse just rose in that room. It was spirit of death. I lost the baby that, that time, after a few weeks. Couldn't save it. I remember Robin's prayer during the night. He cried out. He said, Lord, why are you silent? Why are you silent? When I came back from hospital after losing the second baby, the Lord taught me something. This is what he said. Because I said, Lord, why did you do that to me? And I was at my weakest. Why did you allow that thing to come? Because the Lord said to me, the Lord said to me, because I've given you authority over demons. Time to use it. Do not go in self-pity. Time to use the name of Jesus. It takes practice. But if every time challenge comes to us, we cower and we get annoyed and we, get, we murmur, when can we learn? I avoided the ministry of deliverance. Don't avoid. If God has given you, that ministry, get trained. See, it needs training. Get trained. So the Lord will use you properly. Jesus already won the war. I have no idea why I'm talking like this. I think there is one or two of you that have been called to that. But you have a spirit that tend to be rebellious. We get put in a community, church community, to be trained. Stay there and get trained. 
Sometimes the pastors do not have minist deliverance ministry that is prominent, but if he preached the word of God, that's your training. The main training for any ministry is actually to serve. Is serve the house. Serve the people. That's, that's very humble, but that's how God trains people. He wants servants. He doesn't want performers. Amen? You're so quiet now. There is a reason why Jesus created church. And it is by his will that he places us, each one of us, in certain community. Just flow with him. Robin and I were placed in a church that was almost the opposite of us. And I used to go, ah. Robin said, no, the Lord has placed us here. This is where we stay until he says otherwise. That was the best. Bowing, humbling is actually the main foundation for ministry. Humility works with faith. So let's stand. See, I just want to say this. Hold on. Stay seated for a while. Just one more page. <laughs> this is probably the most important. The conclusion. <coughs> okay. This is what I learned, and I want to share this with you. I learned to differentiate between my own desires as pleasing to God and what are not pleasing to God. But the main thing is I've learned that he holds me more than I'm holding on to him. It's so relaxing. My dad taught me this. Let your faith be like the mother cat and her kitten. Not like the monkey and her baby. There's a difference. With monkey, baby, the baby has to hold on to the mama monkey when she goes from tree to tree to tree. Kitten, what? He sleeps in his mama's mouth. That's the wisdom of faith. Just surrender yourself to the mouth of God so he can hold you. You don't have to do much. Let's stand. Kitten doesn't fight her mama. The less we fight, the safer we are, the stronger our faith in him. Interesting, isn't it? 
when we keep fighting God, it doesn't strengthen our faith. It's the opposite. Close your eyes. Close our eyes. <coughs> Please. Do not be afraid to make mistakes. Do not be afraid to make mistakes. I've learned that God-given gift of desiring to seek what pleases Him opens up my understanding to His amazing love that keeps on coming. The desire to please God opens up the truth about His power and authority that have been given over to us, over all the powers of the devil. That's what the Bible says. You've been given power over the power of the devil. When we fight God continually, we cannot learn to exercise the authority, the faith that Jesus has given us. You know, we have multi-layered boundary around us. Just picture that. Around each one of us, there's a multi-layer boundary. The, the first one is you are made righteous because of Jesus. That's how God sees you. The boundary that when we confess our sin, we are cleansed and forgiven by God. The boundary that Satan cannot snatch us out of the hand of the Father. The boundary that Jesus is my lawyer defender against every accusation fired by Satan. Those are the boundary with so many layers around us. Therefore, when we know that those boundaries, the, that boundary with many layers, we will not be afraid about making mistakes. Because even before we make mistakes, those things have been resolved for us by Jesus. Because the main thing that the devil can penetrate is through guilt, condemnation. Just remember this multi-layer boundary. You are made righteous. When you confess your sin, he cleanses you and forgives you. The devil cannot snatch you out of the Father's hand. Jesus is your defender in the courts of God. You have multi-layered boundary around you. Because the Lord wants our faith to grow. You know, I'm not preaching to people who have no faith. In the contrary, I'm speaking based on your walk of faith. I'm speaking on the base of examples that I see in your life. When I was preparing this, I see Southside people one by one exercising their faith. You are my inspiration. This preaching is not to teach you a new thing. It's just to remind you. Keep standing. That's it. 
Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. After you have stood, keep standing. Take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the gift of faith that you have given each one of us. And Lord, I pray that the spirit of humility will once again descend upon us. Help us to bow our hearts to you, Lord. Help us to bow our hearts to you, Father. That we can begin to say, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. So Lord, I just present each one of us before you. And ask your love to come and visit us. We ask for your encouragement and your discipline to come and visit us. I ask for the Holy Spirit to begin to stir things in our hearts. Even now, Father, through this imperfect message brought by an imperfect person, that somehow there is seeds from God that are planted deep in our hearts and in our minds. You see even the arrogance that we can't see. You see the conceitedness that we can't even discern in us. Help us, Father. We want to follow you with our faith, with the faith you have given us, because there's no other way to walk with you. So thank you, Lord, for your message. Thank you for your word, and I pray that any word that is not of you will just fall to the ground and die. And anything that is of you will be deeply planted and grow in the name of Jesus. Just engage with God. Just begin talking to him. If there is anything in the message that speaks to you, just lift up your hands. He sees you. Faith is just a s often simple lifting of hands, lifting of our eyes to the heavens, and he will come. So God, just come to everyone that is responding to you. Just come, Lord. Just invite the Holy Spirit. As you stand, just invite the Spirit of God to come and do whatever he wants to do in your heart and in your mind. He is here. We are not a rotary club. We come here and stand before God because we want to make a transaction with him. If you don't know Jesus or you haven't asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, just ask him now. Or maybe you have asked the Lord Jesus into your life, but so far you have not been obedient to him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack anything. Thank you, Father. 
just let him come. Just relax and just let him come. Some of you have been called to do certain things and you keep delaying and delaying in saying yes. Just put it right. Some of you are losing or you feel like you're losing your faith. Talk to him. Thank you, Father. Is there any word of knowledge? Southside people? Just come to the mic if you do. saw two, um, maybe someone with some pain in their cheekbone. The other thing was any hearing impairment or problems with hearing. Love the Lord. If that speaks to anyone, I'd love to pray for you. Pain in the cheekbone. That's your law. Anyone else? Oh. Just have, uh, if anyone's got something over their right eye or something to do with your right eye, I'd like to pray for you today. Problem with the right eye? Just come forward if, if it's you and we will pray for you. Anyone else? Maybe the Lord spoke to you through the testimony, the healing of cancer. If you want to respond to that, just come forward. We will pray for you as well. Or if any of you is sick, just come forward. We love praying for the sick and see the power of God bringing healing. So I'm just going to close. But if you have needs for prayer, just come forward after we pray. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. Thank you for the worship, the testimony, and the word of God. Lord, I pray that we go out different. I pray that each one of us will go home having been touched by the Lord Jesus Christ. So we just speak blessing over each one and their family.